0: Hello wonderful humans, welcome back to the podcast, another powerful episode for you today. Really enjoyed this conversation with Zach Avery, powerful individual who's connected to the whole, talks about the sacredness of life in such a beautiful way. I really value him, I hope we stay in touch and we get to collaborate in some form in the future because I really believe in his mission and a lot of the stuff he talks about I really align with. I hope you do too. I hope there are some things in this conversation that that provide you with some value. really do. For me, this conversation is all about how we are interconnected with life. There's no escaping it. My well-being is inextricably linked to yours because we're not separate. Zach talks about two powerful ingredients to the half of the planet and all the things that inhabit it. Those two things for us are awareness and perspective and how they can inform our collaborative action and innovation, how we can contribute to a future our hearts know is possible, as Charles Eisenstein would say. We start to learn why Zach is so optimistic and understand a bit more about his learnings from indigenous and ancient wisdom. And we dive into the Origins of Medicine Festival and how all of that came about for Zach. I'm super passionate about the things Zach's got going on, and I really believe that he is tackling some complex issues. Some complex issues that I'll admit that I don't know the answer to. Uh, I'm doing my best to provide platforms to get people on here that have got some answers and do know a way. And that's what this is about for me. I am approaching this with curiosity. Of course, there are going to be some blind spots on my part. And I'm doing my best and believe I am getting better at holding these spaces and holding these conversations got some things to let you know about. I have got my relaunch of the online men's community as of April. This is going to be a very powerful impactful space which I'm going to be hosting once every week We're going to be jumping online to discuss some meaningful topics. We're going to be diving deep into our own shadow, our subconscious and bring all that we are to these spaces, these safe spaces online that we can understand ourselves better and then integrate some of the things that we learn from ourselves and each other and go back into the world, a better person, a better man. So this is going to be a men's community that that really helps us nourish a lifestyle for ourselves so we can show up better. So if this sounds like something you want to be a part of, if you want to find out more, then shoot me a message. Head over to my website. All the links are in the description. And I've also got a couple of spaces left on my men's weekend. These are going to be happening throughout the year. So if you want to find out more information about what that weekend is going to entail and what things we're going to be diving into around the fire, in the woods, in the Lake District. But ultimately, very deep practices to invoke some emotion so we can use that as fuel to understand ourselves deeper and where the blocks truly lie. So, if that's something you want to be a part of. Reach out to me, send me a message or equally fill out the application of menofearth.co.uk head over to the website. Thanks for listening and I hope you find value from this conversation. If you do, pop it in a WhatsApp group or discuss it with some of your friends and also just get in touch with me or Zach we will endeavor to get back to you on anything you want to ask us this is on YouTube also so if you want to head there and watch the conversation please subscribe if you do and you can interact with us within the comment section on YouTube that is all appreciate your time his words are potent his heart is big enjoy the episode with Zach Avery <laughs>
1: the oak float
0: go past oh the oak they float yeah, to you? yeah man
1: local yeah they're great I was like yeah bristol it's really amazing That's what, bristol's <laughs> all about localized small supportive communities it's like a village in a city yeah i really love it here man you do so how long you been here been here about 18 months or so left london to get closer to the natural world and i'm further from it in my house which is quite ironic but, um, you know, 10-minute drive any direction. And you're Closer in than
0: a lot of people. Closer <laughs> than a lot of people. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly that.
0: Nah, well, nah. thank you, man. Thank you for inviting me in your space. It says a lot about who you are. I love I love being in other people's spaces, even though I was kind of fighting for the van because I'm like, no, it's the studio. Like, there's the part of me. It's like an extension of me. It's like, accept me. Be in my van. <laughs> I accept you in all your ways, Chris. But the builders had another thing in yeah. mind. Yeah, it's all good, man. Now, I love being in other people's spaces because... One, I want you to be the most comfortable you can be, uh, and just there's a there's a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. Being in your own where you spend a lot of your time, where you rest, where you where you heal, where you do all your kind of what happens in this room, man. Talk to be honest, <laughs> man, this
1: is like everything. This is like my <laughs> lair, my den, my nest. It's where I ideate. It's where I dream. It's where I mm-hmm. pray. It's where I sleep. To be honest with you, I, I've I've uh, yeah really transitioned into fully working at home in the past three or four years. I had offices previously and was working kind of all over the place. And since I've really grounded, as I started to get a little bit older, like um, I find so much solace in this space, you know, uh, like, you know, all, all the pieces of me that represent different parts of my journey and stories. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's powerful. And a lot of people have issues with working and living and doing everything in the same space. And for me, I think there's real medicine in that. There's real alchemy in, mm-hmm. in, kind of uh, setting boundaries around how i live in this space yeah it requires a fair amount
0: of discipline to do a lot in one space where your phone's in the space your computer's in the space you sleep and that that all that signals to your body is it time for rest or is it time for oh
1: let's let's zach's gonna decide right now what's it time for i mean that's that's the ongoing battle in my life right now and the thing i'm really calling in is spaciousness boundaries less work more self-love self-care time more time for creative expression and and you know to be a human being not human doing and I struggle to disassociate from the commotion of the strategic mind anyway and so having all of this in my space it becomes really hard the reality of that is is that I do what I love right there's this whole philosophy that Bill Plotkin has around your sacred dance and your survival mm-hmm. dance you know the survival dance just to get by to sustain yourself to feed yourself and the sacred dance you know you're offering your, your, your true soul's essence of what its gift is to the world and I really feel like I'm in that space at the moment which I'm super humbled and grateful for every single day of my life but with that it means the line between work and play dissipates somewhat yeah. how and do I'm just you differentiate? kind of living
0: <laughs> How do you differentiate between those those lines? Do you have to be clear? Do you have to write it down? Do you have to really sit with, okay, what's what? Or, or do you just tune into how it feels right now? What, what does doing feel right now? And what does being feel right now? What does that need? What does that need? If I'm
1: really honest, um, I'm, I'm out of balance in that regard. I only um, know
0: balance when I'm swinging past it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, balance is a dynamic statement, you know, and, and that's it. And it's ever moving. And so uh, there's acceptance around where I'm at. But i really love uh working or, or building or dreaming or visioning however you want to put it and so i really struggle to to separate the pieces um but i'm in a journey now of stepping more into creative expression as i said so music art I'm, you know dremeling skulls and carving stuff i'm on procreate on my ipad so i'm really trying to bring that part of me through that isn't just like the rational cognitive mind that drives for achievement and completion mm-hmm. and a, a rather creative expression and so that's kind of my distinguished, dis, that's how I distinguish it at present. Mm. Um, and also time in nature, you know, and with my partner and disconnecting um, in that way. They're probably the two outlets I have at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful.
0: So you love what you do right now. You fear that, do you fear that that will not happen at some point or it will it, it will just f- fall away? Because when I have something good and it's like birthday, for example, I was like, oh, really, this isn't, um, no this isn't happening tomorrow so how can I really be in this present moment with it like and how can I just let go of it maybe not being there at some point like is there that thing or do you just know this is where I'm at and this is what I'm going to be doing this is how I'm
1: going to be living I'm a human right so there's kind of there's always that 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 level of fear but I think it's like using fear as a tool it's some of the stuff that you probably know in men's work it's coming into a healthy conscious relationship with fear and with all these other emotions and understanding they're a necessary part of our our complete composition as a being you know and if you're not stepping into fear your sphere of competence is always getting smaller and so like day to day I'm just incredibly grateful and and, present with the fact that things are really good for me at the moment not in every way and not in every facet at all but on the whole mm-hmm. um things are really great and i think i have been on a, a roller coaster through depression and mania and all these cycles and and sectioning and and through that i have come into a place of acceptance around fear and failure and failing forwards and and using them as a catalyst to grow um and i'm in a really good place around it now and i think one of the the great frameworks or philosophies that I listened to on a podcast many years ago and I was in a bad way is the, the um, if, when kind of philosophy around, if I get this thing, I'll be happy. If I continue to be doing this in my life, I'll be sustained and happy. If I have this partner, whatever it may be. And in that process, you're lining yourself up for disappointment. You're sitting on this perplexular curve of fulfillment and dissatisfaction, happiness and sadness. And when you eradicate the outcome of the situation, being the tipping point for your happiness, you just, you just, you're just in this flow of life and twists and turns and things not going as you want, but knowing that the next thing is going to resource you more, teach you more, um, and and trust. And so it's a really simple piece that really stuck with me. And it's like you know, didn't get this job or this whole big project, you know, falls away, or I lose all this money on X and Y that I won't go into. Uh, just trusting that that is necessary for me at this time. That's what I need to best be in service to this earth in this moment and yeah when you can come into that acceptance which isn't easy and there's a lot of forgetting it and relearning it and there's a constant dance between that but when you can really kind of embody that on a deeper level on a soul level i really feel like you can you can hold and and harness happiness or rather contentment i think contentment is a a, a, an easier one to sustain and i think we have to perceive these spikes of joy and sadness and anger and fear and whatever it may be as as um yeah tools and lessons and ways to listen listen to the energy in motion love that man mm. yeah resonates
0: for me clinging aversion and craving those three things which is very buddhism but learning that through vipassana Craving or clinging to something just constantly like clinging to money or or, or an idea of like, yeah, output. It's just clinging to something that doesn't actually result in your contentment. It just won't because everything changes. It's Mm. so interesting. I want to tell you when I first was paying attention to maybe to the stuff that you were putting out or doing or being was around your birthday this year. It's so interesting to observe the love that you were getting and i was just like wow and the message you put out so i joined the men's petition whatsapp group um just for a link online and i was kind of like you know just observe this for a little bit i've not really introduced myself yet but definitely will and you put out a message it was like oh is anyone in bristol and you know if i don't know anyone um if you're coming to my birthday if i don't know anyone that you want to invite, then please get and send me a message. And I was like, that is exactly what I do every year. And everyone feels too intimidated to show up if they don't know me for my birthday. It was so bizarre. And I was like, wow, I resonate with that so much. That's beautifully and open. And then just the messages that you were getting for your
1: birthday. I was like, wow, this guy he has a lot of love around him. How does that, how does that feel for you? I was so deeply humbled by the love that came through that group and that collective and the wider community, you yeah. know, the, and the people and um, yeah, friends, family that I surround myself with, it was really beautiful to see that I put something out a week before and all these people came from all over the country. I was I was deeply humbled and um, each and every day. And I think the friendships and connections uh, for me are the most important piece of my life. They're the jigsaw puzzle, that if that falls away, everything else seems to crumble around it. And um, yeah, the connection that we fostered through the men's expedition community that started through an incredibly... Uh, humble idea of just some men hiking a mountain and slowly it's involved into into deeper layers of men's work and archetypal work and peeling back the layers of what it means to be a man in this world and and I've been on that exploration with the group because I n- didn't step into that as a space holder, you know, I stepped into that as someone with an inquiry and so the the context of the Men's expedition is very much we are collectively exploring what it means to be a man and we're relying on the collective wisdom of the group to come through so there's elements as it's evolved that Lawrence, who, who is now, you know, the other half of that piece and everyone, it takes a village, right? It's all of us. But Lawrence really helps me hold that in a really beautiful, humble way. And we, we really uh, balance each other out in our energies. Mm. But it's about everyone stepping in and empowering men to bring their gifts to the world. You know, I referred to Bill Plotkin earlier, and he really speaks of this idea of our soul's gift, right—the essence of what we have to bring to the world. Not in a, a vision to heal the world, but into to, to fit in as a node in the system that supports and sustains other people, bringing their gifts, um, and not to overshadow anyone and so i step into that space really humbly like i'm here learning too and i'm sharing this piece Mm. as an exploration of my views please challenge them please bring your prayers please bring your cold water immersions whatever it may be and it's it's become a really beautiful deep community um and i think it's a really interesting way to explore this work you know there's many organizations such as your own and and all of these that i won't list um that are doing incredible work here and we all really support each other it's really beautiful to see in this men's work community moving away from this idea of competitive individualism and like you say scurrying away your own acorns for your for your own keeping so you're sustained in winter and and rather it's like how can we how can we weave this into society how can we bring back this idea of rites of passage how can we continue to support people to to do the often you know uncomfortable and challenging work of of peeling back the layers of our trauma and our pain and our suffering to find that you know, the seed that lies within us has the same essence. And yeah, anyway, I've digressed a little bit there, but the men's petition community really does that. And I feel so supported by those guys and, and um, yeah, I trust there'll be many more years of beautiful adventures and, and community and family through that group. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. What do you like when someone challenges you, when you put that out there and say like, give me feedback, give me, challenge my ideas. Like, are there any examples you can give that, you know, people challenge you and you're like, Ooh, Okay, didn't see that one come in. How,
1: what's your process then? My partner, oh. Megan, has been the greatest gift for that. Um, I think it's the know. biggest challenge. No, <laughs> well, well in some ways the biggest challenge, yeah, right? the course. biggest, the biggest gift, the biggest challenge, the biggest journey, the pilgrimage into myself and questioning my own ideologies and philosophies that often, you know, in this world we hear things that we like the sound of and then take ownership of them as our own ideas right mm. it's kind of the way we learn as humans and so i've done a lot of that in my early 20s on this wild roller coaster and i'd picked up you know and um, things that felt true to me uh, but i hadn't really inquired about i haven't really done the critical analysis of where that lands and how that sits and and she's a clinical psychologist runs a yoga charity you know, yoga teacher does all these amazing things and she's incredibly critical not in a bad way she is uh she, she she needs to really believe something and she will really assess whether that is true and if that lands for her. And there was a lot of stuff I was saying in the early days of our relationship that she was like, do you really think that? And she'd give me her perspective and I'd be like, maybe I don't actually, you know, and it was really beautiful. And so she challenged me in so many ways. And it's really, I think, uh, made me much more balanced, much more discerning about, uh, about you know, what I take on as my own and, and what I believe in. Um you know, and in, in some of the studies I'm doing now, there's this beautiful quote, and I, I'll i try and remember it, but it's like, wisdom is uh, discernment in learning, retaining retainment in memory, and eloquence in telling, you know, and it starts with your discernment in what you take on, I mm-hmm. think. And um, I'm coming closer to, to my truth, and there's still a long way to go, but... Um, I welcome challenge. In essence, to summarise that, um, great. <laughs> not always easy. Not always easy. You know, and, and you know, uh, but yeah, yeah man. I think there's high stakes relationships
0: that have a tendency to, we can meet a resistance or a conflict. So maybe that's a a boss or a a parent or. A part often a partner that we have this conflict over like those those moments that she's challenged you that's it's almost like on the precipice of some sort of conflict two ideas coming together and then like okay what do we do now and how you hold that and how you move through that i think is the one of the biggest things it's it's, it's like how to communicate through that and how to be in your body whilst you just hold someone else's perspective opinion it can be one of the biggest things we do like we live in relationship with others like the, talking about the men's work it's one thing that has been so effective in how do we hold another how do we respect another respect their space but do that equally for yourself at the same time and how what language can we use to to perhaps you know um not be in defensiveness but be in kind of that conversation still it's it's like one of the biggest things that i've learned and it's, i see As like an integration piece from the work that we can do Mm. on ourselves, I I truly believe that like conflict and how we resolve that, because conflict's always going to happen. Because look at the world we're in, we're in like a very different. Everyone's in different spaces and different times. Even it it feels like, and uh, the conflict thing is 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 one of the biggest. Yeah, I really truly believe that. It's a real dance, man. Mm. You know,
1: it's a real dance, and it's something that. Uh, it's an endless, ongoing journey of of unlearning, I guess. As as I said earlier, like that we are separate from one another. It's this idea that my view, subjectively, trumps your subjective view. Mm-hmm. Objectively, perhaps neither of us are right. And it's kind of like the egoic face coming in and wanting to hold its ground, you know. Mm-hmm. And it can be really dangerous, man. You know, we, we're in a time of great separation, as I expressed earlier. And it's like, you know, things are really polarizing right now. People are fighting. You know, do you think it's always been? that way how do you how do you
0: view the the timeline of our existence do you think it's always been because people talk about you know like a real semblance or, or real like shift in consciousness or like people like you know facing the challenges we've got but i sometimes try and lean into the opposite of that which is well as it's always been the case has been the there's more extremes on both ends now, I believe. People are really coming into alignment with who they are and the resources that they've got now to understand where we've come from and where we can even go, and like the perspective and the objectivity we can now see uh, in terms of a worldview. Like mm. what, we can, what we can do with that and how we can alchemise all of that, like information about ourselves, about others. But then the, in the opposite direction, it feels like you know the opposite is true also people are becoming more and more separate from themselves separate from the earth separate from um, each other so there is that polarizing but has it always been this kind of dance of of the the human existence how do you kind of view that and what's your perspective on just us as humans and and the the good and bad and, and and how you know how we're born into this this world what's your view I'd love to get your view on like how we as humans come into the world and and how we uh move through it in in a sense of like energy of 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 good and bad for for language sake you know
1: yeah great question it sounds like we're entering the realms of dualism you know a non-dualistic shiva tantric philosophy that my partner loves to to frame it as and yeah, it's okay. uh, you know there's this constant dance you know in society right now we have this uh duopoly in politics left and right mm. and we have tech and the natural world and all of these different ways in which we're veering off in different directions. Um, and even when it boils down to memoir, the idea of masculine and feminine, mm. the idea of uh, Brahma and Vishnu, Shiva and Shakti, yin and yang. It's like uh, these two opposing sides. And I think to have a non dualistic philosophy, you need to understand the, the, the concept of dualism and actually dualism exists within non dualistic philosophy. And I think we're we've always been in this dance, right? We have this in our own brains, the left and right hemisphere, and I think it's a really interesting time, as you say, that we're entering this chapter of whatever you want to call it, right? All these different phrases: the new earth, the future. Everyone's becoming enlightened, however you want to you want to perceive that. And um, I think that's us coming into a state of interbeing, as Thich Nhat Hanh puts it this idea that you value the other as an expression of oneself. You know, you are because I am in Ubuntu, uh, the the African phrase. And it's actually seeing ourselves as part of the natural world and as part of one of the other. There's a great YouTube video called The Egg that, that does it really beautifully, like souls entering different bodies at all different times. and we are intrinsically connected and i guess it's this kind of this worldview of animism which which i i think i embody in a big way kind of paganistic druidic kind of way of viewing the world and spirit and soul and that we are a collective and i think i think uh the way that this manifests in in the real world in the 3d world day to day that's played out in wars for for eons and all of these different ways in which we separate as beings is um Ultimately, an expression of the same crisis, you know, the ecological, environmental, political, social crises and separation we face, I believe, are are a crisis of perception. And that perception is that we are separate. And so I think it's a really interesting time in society where we can unify, you know, and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be straightforward. And there's going to be a lot of individual and collective journeying to do um, and unlearning at the moment. And, you know, the capitalist society and structures we live in tell us to to fill our baskets first you know and it's coming back to this idea that our baskets will be filled by the earth by the great mother you know by one another um but it requires this this shift in this surrender and this trust Um this trust that, that we're unified and for many people that feels like quite a uh a hard um what's the word a hard solution to come to in their own heads right particularly people that haven't really begun the journey of of looking that little bit deeper and everyone's on their own timelines and i trust that those that need to will and perhaps some won't um but it feels ripe and it feels rich right now for me me at least and i know that there's um quite the juxtaposition with all the wars going on in the world and all the ways in which people are suffering um my partner's a trauma therapist trauma and torture and you know, she really humbles me and brings me back to the fact that some people are suffering, you know, and it's the idea of like, you can just manifest your reality and everything will be fine and just think about it harder and make a vision board. And she's like, these people are have been born into families and are struggling and raped and abused from the day they're born, you know, and carry that. And so, you know, I always have to take all of these pieces with a pinch of salt, but I really feel that um, we can we can come back into connection with the natural world. You know there's something that we all have in common is that this earth sustains us in every single way and offers everything we need and i think we need to stop turning the planet itself into products and people into services you know and see ourselves as as part of the greater collective whole unified this this you know ecological family that we are you know and and start understanding the secular nature of our being and come back into the rhythm of the land and our connection to that and so that's really you know um, some of the stuff that i really believe indigenous cultures um, communities elders of these spiritual traditions can can help us tune back into Is like we are we are connected with that innately and and we have innate wisdom within us um, and it's yeah there's some certain philosophies that I won't keep rambling on I'll let you tune in here but there there's some certain philosophies in which I think we lack in the West that we can take from, from these other traditions and um, I feel like we're getting there I, I'm a die-hard optimist about the future are. of the planet <laughs> I always get called an optimist and I think, I think you have to be a realist but an optimist I'm know? sat here because you're an optimist <laughs> <laughs> I want to play devil's advocate though please man yeah. please. please
0: and I don't really like that, I don't remember resonate with that, that phrase yeah is there not this and I know this for myself I'm speaking from my experience there's this also desire from a primitive standpoint to just seek comfort order on Amazon do these things and just oh it just it just doesn't feel like my education about things allows my decision making more than anything because I have to kind of override this kind of uh, short what was it the, the, the path of least resistance kind of attitude about what i know about myself whether that's wasting water or you know something simple um like these things but collectively en masse like are really destroying the clothing we wear like buying new clothes for example okay doesn't seem like a problem harsh but collectively yes it's it's really one of the biggest things that's destroying the planet destroying the planet the planet's fine destroying the human race i'd say more than anything and creating an ecological disaster um for us more than anything and all the living things on it <laughs> some of um so to back to my point i would say do you not feel that that primitive um energy is just playing out just and it's in it's just going towards that inevitable direction of just self-destruction you know how does that play into the optimistic zach uh, of, of like being really aware of like oh no fuck we this is happening and I'm sure you
1: get that question a hell of a lot and you're like (laughs) you know what you (laughs) do my best (laughs) what you speak of is a reality and it's a truth you know and I don't think there's any running away from that Mm -hmm. you know I think you have to be realistic about the way the world's going and how we live in a society that is incredibly comfortable you know where everyone is marching towards material and technological advance and and wants to progress and gdp growth you know just keep growing and keep growing and and in that becomes more and more comfort and easefulness for us in our lives and hey i absolutely am a victim not a victim um i'm guilty i'm a victim too though of the systems um but i'm guilty of doing this thing too you know it kind of boils right back down to like you know we're primitive beings and polyvagal theory and fight or flight and rest and digest Mm. and we just we just want to be comfortable we want an easeful life Mm. um and i absolutely want that too in many ways i also come from the lens that your comfort zone's a beautiful beautiful place but what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you Mm. you know and nothing grows there and Mm. um i I feel like you you need to constantly seek something to challenge you Mm. but the reality is we are headed to towards you know complete ecological destruction and deficit through our kind of linear production lines as you speak to in fashion i was very involved and very passionate about sustainable fashion and the ways in which that affects our planet and people are you know incredibly unaware of the impacts of that that you think it comes
0: down to that awareness and that perspective which i think is like the most powerful word or the thing that we can lean into the most is like okay let's the perspective that we have that you touched on earlier like is that the biggest thing it has been for me it has been for me my awareness and the perspective I've got on certain things has changed my life dramatically and how I navigate the world and and see myself as a as a as a being within it all within it all um for you is that one of the biggest
1: things is education there is it all part of the same thing? yeah awareness mm. you know awareness and perspective absolutely but they're only kind of two of the ingredients right it needs to be like collaborative action and transformative innovation like working with other people to innovate and think about ways in which we can shift that there needs to be incentive there sure how, how is that incentivized at the moment everything's incentivized through money through fiat through through your ability to to access time freedom and freedom and expression in what you want to buy and do but um you know shifting that into more like community awareness and and being a part of something as a greater whole you know i think the idea of what legacy is is shifting actually and Mm. people are wanting to leave a really good um uh, you know a positive impact on this planet above extreme financial and business success um and so i think success uh, sorry uh, perspective as you say is is absolutely one piece of the process it's like there's this beautiful quote that i've loved um for many many years and it's from this guy called gustav speth i think it is and i might not remember it entirely well but it's like uh you know he's a scientist and he says that i used to think biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse and climate change were the were the greatest crises that this planet faces mm. um, and he thought good science could resolve that but he's come to realize that actually like greed apathy and selfishness As fundamental principles and values um, and ways of being are actually the problem and what we need is a a spiritual uh, renaissance you know an evolution of the human soul and the way that we live in community and the way that we perceive this earth so i think it does all boil down to perception i think it's a slow shift and i think um Mm -hmm. i think the reality is it's not going to be easy you know um, my optimism doesn't come from the fact that I just know everything's or think everything's going to be easeful and free-flowing. I think it's going to be a great challenge, and I think that's part of the beauty of it. And I, I love that you're a your challenge. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's not just me, right? It's every single being on this <laughs> earth, and it takes a it takes a of whole course. race.
0: Yeah, of course. One of the biggest things I've connected with was the biggest thing you can do for the planet is, or, or the, the greater good, let's say, is just self knowledge, self know, get to know yourself, like self-realization, let's say. That's the biggest thing you can do for anyone. And it, in one way, someone could view that as selfish, but it's the complete opposite, right? It's the complete opposite. Um, Jordan Peterson said something the other day that I thought was interesting, it kind of ties into this, is the biggest thing you can do for, um, to get people to care about their local community, their environment, their future, is alleviate them out of poverty. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, yeah. Well, when you do go to poorer communities, it's like, what do you see? What do you witness? Do people take care of themselves? No, they're actually just scrambling around trying to get their next meal. The survival dance. For sure. And it does go back to what we were saying about that. Of course, your fundamental needs aren't met. And whose are, really? Like in this country, on the whole, it's like, whose are, like, food? Like, to get real nourishing food. Like, the, our fundamental needs just aren't met. They're not. To, 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 to be uh, in a house, shelter, like so many people are not making that. Like, and, and if our fundamental needs aren't met, then, then what do we do? We do live in those more primitive states. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to lean into.
1: Yeah, we're, we're operating from a place of like survival. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If those mm-hmm. fundamental pieces aren't covered, then, then the rest of it is completely irrelevant. And mm-hmm. you disregard others. You disregard your own body, your mind, you know, the people around you, because you are in fight or flight and you are trying to survive, you know. um, On the flip side also, you know, you look at indigenous communities across the world um, and they are incredibly happy with very little, a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know. And they're living with these these core principles of living with temperance and humility, treading lightly on the earth. A lot of them are egalitarian communities where they share everything with the community. They don't have the tech and they don't have the wealth, but they are sustained through these core principles of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, you know, they have everything they need to survive. They might not be incredibly comfortable, but it's all they know. But they have this deep connection to the natural world. You know, they live in this this philosophy of like um, being in sacred reciprocity with the natural world. You know, Um uh, elizabeth jenkins wrote this great book called the fourth level studying the, the inca tradition and it's this beautiful part in it that expresses that we're in a constant dance of, of reciprocity with with the natural world and you know every inhale for us is, is is feeding the trees around us and their exhale is nourishing us and we're we're always in this and so they really deeply tune into that that this is like deeply embedded in their philosophy mm-hmm. is treat the earth well and it will treat you well and that brings them so much. That brings them so much internal resource. That, that, that enlivens them in such a way that we are disconnected from in the West, where we, we completely disregard the natural world. We don't see ourselves as part of this greater circle of life. We see ourselves as superior. It's like this uh, studies of eco-psychology. It's the egocentric lens that we live through, or the anthropocentric lens, as opposed to the ecocentric. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, there's a lot we can learn from them. You know, they are connected to the sacred in every moment. They they honor ceremony and ritual as ways for, to turn attention to intention, to really make an offering, you know, um, in, in reverence and in prayer. And we don't do that here in the West. You know, they deeply honor the future generations. You know, Matt McCartney speaks of the children's fire. You know, everything you do in this day should take into account and be in alignment with the future seven generations. And the indigenous do that. They honor their ancestors and they honor the future. And that's always in mind, right? That's, 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 that's as much reality to them as their existing and and living family. Whereas we are just in our, in our ego, you know, we're worrying about sustaining ourselves. We're worrying about comfort and what's easeful Mm -hmm. and they don't, and they are incredibly happy. And all right, there's lots of issues. There's lots of uh, trauma and there's uh, colonization and, you know, the list goes on, but, at the end of the day, they are the ones that are really walking this path um, and that we can be inspired by. And so it's, it's really like taking these, the essence of their teachings and trying to infuse that back into society here in the West um, and across the world in different ways. And it needs to be done in the right way. You know, At the same time, we're all indigenous to our own land. In some way shape or form and we fetishize these other indigenous cultures as other than and and put them on a pedestal and that's really great i think there's a lot we can take from them but um often that means misappropriating them and their ways sometimes the commodification of some of their medicines which therefore has an impact on those guys Um, and so there's always two sides to every coin right and there's much more to it it's not so simple but i think um particularly in these lands for me anyway connecting back to our roots of druidry you know, our paganistic roots of connecting with the lands, the wheel of the year, the tree of life, honouring the seasons. Um, I think there's a lot in that. And it's a study that I'm in right now that I find deeply nourishing for my soul, you know, really looking back at the things that were important and the things that will be remembered and the things that remain important when all of these concrete jungles are, are no more and when idealistically from my worldview we're in this kind of post capitalist society. Not mm-hmm. saying that capitalism is inherently bad. There's it's much more nuanced than that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's 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 an optimistic view, and uh, perhaps it's because I'm surrounded by people that share some of these views, and and I believe are doing good in the world, um, collectively, arm in arm. You know, we're walking together, um, and so in that, I feel constantly supported, and for that, every day, I'm grateful. Yeah, beautifully said, man.
0: That's really beautiful. Uh, I feel very similar, if not the same it's when you spend time doing these practices doing these things (laughs) traditions whatever it is with other people it just feels like there is something that is within us that that it remembers it's like a okay this feels familiar why just do I need to know no it just feels fucking great (laughs) it just feels like the right thing to to spend my time doing um and I think the spiritual connection to each other, our planet is the thing that is really radically missing from a lot of other circles that i that I witness and notice, like with that understanding of the ground we walk on and like the cherishing of the lands the dead the 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 bo- the birth of of people just making things sacred again. And that really like paying attention to those things, and just being with death or being with birth. And it can be so magical. We don't have to make up like Father Christmas to make things more magical. It's like, no, 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 it's here. It's already, it's already around you. Um, but people are very caught up in, in the to-do lists in the, in the, in the day to day. And I experience this when I, when I go back home and it's just a very different energy of like how we can yeah do more achieve more um it's really sad it's really sad that we've 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 gone down a different path but almost to, to bring us back round again i feel which is which is what i feel is happening
1: yeah man part of the process trust mm. that you know and i completely understand why it can take a long time to find this way or maybe this way just does not feel right to you you know um and it requires you to look at things from uh, a metaphysical lens, I guess, mm. in some way, to kind of see the unseen or at least honor its existence in some mm. way, shape, or form. And, you know, we've been um, indoctrinated in religion, and there's lots of reasons that people avoid that, you know, mm. um, growing up in certain homes with certain worldviews and beliefs forced upon people you know a lot of people are then um adverse to that in every way and they want to avoid that and suppress yeah, that and which reject is kind that. of
0: what happened with religion right we've kind of thrown it all out with the with the bathwater, kind of eye, mm-hmm. that we've just thrown away everything that actually was probably really rooted in really great ways of being and being with each other and understanding that's a map and we can we can live somewhat by that but we've we've and I feel like we, it is that counter swing of the pendulum that that religions almost people feel failed by it or like mm. disgusted by it that, that that we were believe in it all kind of we were indoctrinated into into this way that now we've just like right well, that's done and that we did, we don't ever, we don't look back at like the the beauty which was in it all the Uh, service
1: and the prayer and the commitment and the showing up and the honoring and something greater than it's like there's a lot of elements in that that i think are really beautiful and the phrase i came across a few years ago that was really true for me is like this idea of omnism that all religions are different ways of telling the same story Mm. you know like omnipresent omnipresent yeah yeah, omnipresent is all all pervading all powerful and and um, yeah omnipotent uh omnism yeah it's kind of, it's that brought into a religious context in some way. Uh-huh. And it's really beautiful for me. It actually rung very true. It's like, you know, all religions, a lot of them have the same, some of the same elements and essence, you know, mm. of like something greater than, something to something to be in, in marvel of and reverence with. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, and so it's like, how can you bring that energy back through without the religious context that many people are afraid of? Mm. And again, it just comes down to... to the elements you know honoring of the elements
0: yeah um, and our relationship to the unknown right and not trying to control mm. what we can and just surrender to what we can't it's it, it's 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 quite simple when it when you really break it down but the unknown does scare people and we want to stay secure and safe and stick to what's familiar um but again the the, the years you speak to some old people and they all regret all the times that they let themselves be comfortable or didn't didn't do that thing that they you know probably wish they would have. It's like we grow older and we get more wiser um, when we look back.
1: That's so interesting. It's like um, what do you what do, what are your regrets? Thus far? Well, it's funny because um, I listened to a podcast with Marcus recently, and there was this quote that this man shared. I forget his name, and it was like, "There's the two, the two pervading mirrors of life. You know, the mirror that behind you has all of the, the actions you didn't take and the, the words you didn't say." And the other mirror has
0: everything. You or everything did you do. did do. Yeah, yeah.
1: Guy, it was really profound when he shared it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't quite, I haven't quite recorded it in the right way, but it was really beautiful. When I was like, yeah, man. Like, I mean, the I very rarely regret the things I have done. Actually, like I say, it's just a perspective shift. Again, it's like they've all been incredibly potent and powerful lessons from mm. from losing my life savings multiple times to to failed relationships they've all been imbued with deep wisdom and lessons that you know sometimes you don't even find the lesson in there but at least you look for it and yeah they're all great opportunities for growth so at this point you know and it's it's not always been like this I can say that there's not really any regrets um, it's yeah I feel
0: like you have to choose your regrets I've heard that recently. choose your regrets
1: I've heard that too man choose your regrets
0: and it's like okay let's let's think about that for a second and you're like yeah I can't do everything mm-hmm. I can't like do Everything I'm gonna if if I don't do this, it like, allows me to do this, but you know, I can regret not doing that and that's okay. Mm. It's all language at the end of the day. One door opens, another door closes, right? Mm. It's um yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your projects then and what you got going on right now, what are you excited about.
1: Hmm. There's a few. I mean we've spoken a little bit about mm. the Expedition. That really sings to my soul and it's amazing because there's not that much output and loads of loads of resource and connection with people Mm -hmm. and it -hmm. just feels deeply nourishing to my soul um, and doesn't exhaust me um i have a few projects from my past that are kind of still bubbling away a little bit but they're not really a focus and mainly around fashion stuff and the gum house and um other bits and bobs uh you know the men's uh, sorry let's primal gathering is something that I would really like to speak yes. to, which is a gathering that I'm working on in partnership with Primal Gathering, Nicole. Um, for how long um, have they through been? Through Medicine Festival. They've been going for four years, I think. Oh, wow. Also okay. running in Portugal. It's a regenerative gathering, um, teaching people to come back to the land. Um, mm mm-hmm and connection with themselves but the core principle really is teaching people practical regenerative skills so we're doing beekeeping and tree planting and uh, mushroom inoculation and foraging and making concoctions and all of this stuff kind of infused on a journey of of self-discovery and embodiment practices and talks and music so yeah really beautiful gathering and the first time it's come to the uk so i'm yeah supporting nicole through that journey with Medicine Festival. Um and it's really exciting and it's something that I lack in my life as I expressed earlier, right? A lot of my mm. my work time is either on a phone, a Zoom call, or on a screen in spreadsheets, you know. And there's there's creative aspects to that and there's yeah, there's 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 in person meetings, but a lot of my working life is spent doing that. A little and draining. I'm, yeah. Exhausting man. You know, mm. it's beautiful to be birthing something i'm passionate about into the world but it's exhausting and the way that comes about and how that manifests and so yeah really seeking to connect more to the earth viscerally practically having my hands in the soil learning about you know as i say the rhythms of the natural world and the ecology around me and and that feels like a really important piece of the puzzle and i studied eco-psychology with my partner uh, last year and and got a huge amount from that Um, and so now i really want to take that into practicals of, of 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 tending the land and mm-hmm. um, and you know regenerative cultures as a whole is something that i'm really fascinated fascinated about mm-hmm. um daniel christian wall wrote a gr- great book on it and there was so much i took from that you know this regenerative principles and not just in is the that way the walls protocol no no, no. Okay. daniel christian wall. daniel christian wall is uh-huh. his name i believe and um yeah that really inspired me and so it's like yeah where do we begin this journey how do i begin my journey of really infusing this and in and bringing this into my life and tending the land and getting my fingers in the soil feels like uh, a great first step. And so, yeah, excited to be bringing kind of um, this offering through to, to people here in the UK that I don't think that many of them have accessed in a gathering where you can come and explore it, you know, and learn it in, in a fairly um, free, easeful environment. And it's a similar to the work of Medicine Festival. It's like people dipping their toes in. It's like being a bridge for people to access it and feel inspired and take what they want um, from it and and leave what they don't, you know, and find their own truth in that. And so, yeah, I I feel like that's really a a core part of all my offerings these days is really bridging um, in whatever context that may be. But it feels like an important next step in our kind of collective journey. Mm. Why is that so important to you? Well, it comes back to what we discussed earlier, right? You know, it's um, this fear of the unknown you know and if you start to know that piece if you if you meet that piece and you realize it's not so bad or perhaps it's you know um has many incredible profound deep learnings and teachings and satori experiences and transformational moments of of realization in it or however that manifests again you know um everyone has their own experience then all of a sudden you become more familiar it becomes a bit safer, it's a bit more easy to step into that space. And I think the journey of of coming to the realization and being in alignment with your own vibrational accord and that of the natural world and the earth is 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 a slow one. It's gentle, you know. No one can force you to go there. There's no rush. But that someone can someone can open a door and, and, and gently guide you, and there's no rush. And mm. so it's about slowly opening those doors and they're opening everywhere around us at the moment. And that's really inspiring and awesome to see and I really love people and spaces of transformation and so I guess um, trying to cultivate that in my life and bring that through feels purposeful
0: quick one guys I'm just interrupting this podcast to let you know about the men's weekend I've got coming up in April on the 14th 15th and 16th this is taking place in the Lake District it has within it all the things that are going to get you out of your own way get you uncomfortable get you close and personal to those underlying subconscious narratives beliefs you hold about yourself they are not letting you step forth in the direction that you want This is a powerful space where we stare into the depths of our souls, understand ourselves better in the company of men that care about our mission and that we can count upon. So if this is something that interests you, please reach out, head over to my website, thechrisguys.com. I don't mind interrupting the podcast for this because this is going to be an important space. It's going to transform many people's lives, not just the people there, but the relationships and the wider circles that the people that attend head over to the dot com forward slash men's weekend. Appreciate you. Back to the podcast. Thanks. I said yeah, I was going for a walk the other day and I was like, there's no rush here. There's no rush around here. Like the trees, the the rivers, nothing's in a rush. And it was just this beautiful simple moment that I was like, Wow, unless something is, is trying to be eaten, there's no, there's no rush. So to have a little look over your shoulder left and right. And stuff. so if something's trying to eat you, don't be in a <laughs> rush. And I just love that little, little, little moment. Um, let's talk about Medicine Festival. So the origins then. Uh, when did this, when did this start? Was this kind of coming out of Leeds? Did you, did you study like uh, events uh, in Leeds and music? Yeah. 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 So, so did it kind of, was it something you really, uh, you know, wanted to start? Was it, was it one of the first festivals you were involved with or how did it all come
1: about? Really fascinated to know. Yeah, thanks for asking, man. First of all, I'll tell you something on that last quote, mm. uh, on that last piece you mentioned, which is a quote I read many years ago again, that all these quotes sticking in my mind is, you know, nature never hurries yet everything is completed. So simple, yeah. but so true. Anyway, um, so yeah. on to this piece. Uh, yeah, I I uh, studied entertainment management in Leeds, um, which is basically festival and event management production mm-hmm. Um in guernsey for a friend's birthday where i'm from we started a little event that was a birthday and then the next year it became like this mini little festival and i was like i want to do this and i was djing and i was like i want to do events and i love people and you know mine was always the house that everyone came to smoke weed and my garden shared and stuff you know so yeah I was just I really just loved being around humans and so mm. I went on the journey and that festival actually continued when I left um, called Dynamics and I, I just knew that I wanted to do it actually and I had a vision that I wanted to start up a little festival um, hopping between the islands of the Channel Islands on boats and each island had different energy and different music and mm. you know ridiculous it would have been so expensive and probably a complete failure but it was a vision I had and that was actually what I went to uni with was, yeah. was, was, was holding that um what kind of music were you playing i was playing house drum and bass dubs i mean started with dubstep then it went to like liquid drum and bass and it moved into like house and uh, the journey's gone through f- through many threads garage you know a bit of everything yeah kind of um, had a resurgence didn't it when we were uh, it did a big yeah. resurgence yeah. yeah 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 um but I, I kind of uh i fell out of love with with music in some way because of mm. the ego that was in like the DJing and the messages scene. yeah <laughs> within it, yeah it just didn't feel right for me and I went through a journey of uni I won't go into too much detail of like you know really severe depression and extreme mania and being sectioned and I went on a roller coaster of doing that for for many years in fact my whole uni career I guess career life and I ended up getting into fashion sustainable fashion and buying and selling vintage clothing for many years and mm-hmm. um, started a company Avery's Emporium and was getting clothes from around Europe and selling them and then started the Garm House a little fashion pop-up space, and I actually thought I was really going to be in the fashion world for a while. Then that moved into Ethically Woven, teaching people on fashion sustainability and supply chains and stuff. We partnered with the United Nations on the, um, uh, the Conscious Fashion campaign, and it was really exciting. Um, and I thought fashion was going to be my piece, um, to be honest with you. Alongside that, I was running club nights still, so uh, which lost me a lot of money. Um, and I tried to do all this alone right my biggest oh, lesson brain yeah many <laughs> brain cells um, but all of this was done on my own right I was in this space like there was, I was still really in this space of like young mm. ego and not, not in a mature place with that um, sure. and I just thought I could do it all on my own and no one could keep up um, you know and I tried to do all this on my own and you know I lost loads of money and I struggled and I, I had really bad you know health, mental health and and mm. physical I guess in some ways too I wasn't looking after myself and
0: uh, yeah and so,
1: the, I'm interested about getting sectioned because you mentioned it
0: a couple of times. If you, if you're happy to talk to about yeah, that. Yeah. So what did that look like for you and how
1: did that just, play out? Just uh, a, a deep uh, instability, I guess. Like I had this profound experience of being connected to everything and I was everything and it was this really clear message that we are all, you know, interconnected as I've expressed earlier Um um, but that didn't really land in a centered or grounded space. A lot of psychedelics and and you know um, unstable living environments at home and being at uni and um, yeah, I just wasn't able to channel or balance that that awareness of of being connected to the greater whole. I think and um, yeah, and I just wasn't sleeping and I was starting lots of projects and I was giving all my money away to homeless people on bet slips and I sold everything I had and and it was very unstable and very hard to be around, um, mm. very manic. And so, yeah, um, my parents flew over and, and I got sectioned and it was really beautiful. Actually, that journey was like the baptism of of stepping into this world, I think, at the age of 20. Um, really powerful and it's been my greatest teacher. And I'm super grateful for that, for that, um, yeah, that instability and having that emotional capacity to really suffer and to really thrive and to be at all ends of the spectrum, you know, I believe that you have to push yourself to your edges in all directions to find your center. And I've been very centered for five or six years now and it feels really good to be there. Yeah, Um, to know where the edges mm, are, right? Where the extremes are,
0: you can really find a lot of, and I feel like somewhat of our twenties are about that. Mm. Just really like going so far one way. There are certain extremes which are more than others, but there are, you know, finding the edges to know where your center is. Mm. And you speak to people, people in music or people that have like parted hard or gone to certain levels. It, they, the ones that are able to hold it and, and to integrate it later on are the, the wisest ones. It's you know? kind of how, how
1: things seem to work. Mm, it's really true. So many mm-hmm. of the people I know that were pretty wild back in the day are the ones that have really found their peace and, and come into a more kind of centered way of being, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're all grateful for the journey. It's just about how you, how you if you continue to walk that path, you oh. know, there's only a short timeline on it, and you can't birth again. Yeah, burn the candle at both ends for
0: too long. For sure, yeah. Was there any resistance with the 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 system being what it is? I'm not sure what the 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 getting section looked like, but the system being what it is was it a lot of labels thrown your way, or any sort of like entrapment, kind of mm. you know, powerlessness and struggles w- with that kind of
1: world. Absolutely, man. Yeah, Yeah, lots of labels and bipolar and other things. And and it was horrible. It was like I was being othered by lots of people. And it felt I felt completely. um, Yeah, like powerless. Absolutely. You put it in the right way. It was a really difficult time. Um, And that's why kind of the depression end of the spectrum comes in straight after it and, um, Mm. you know, uh, really tough man, really tough. Got easier every year and every year I knew that it wasn't going to be as bad as the last time. And I had that experience under my belt. I could always refer back to that, Mm. reference that and just, um, yeah, it was, it was got more and more comfortable. And um, I think as I, as I got more comfortable in my home environment and found more of the kind of the medicine path, I guess, you know, I was having these experiences around people that didn't have any idea what any of that meant. We were all young, we are children mm-hmm. at 20, 19, 20 years old. Um, some of the people I was with were 18 because I, I went to uni a bit late. So, yeah, finding people and finding communities that could hold that was really the next part of, of my journey in evolution, I guess, you know. Yeah. And I came out of that process with clarity that I wanted to start a festival that was going to be different to the one I'd visioned, which mm-hmm. is called Nevea which uh, was something that came through um, on a mushroom trip at Gotwood Festival and it's heaven spelt backwards. And it's this idea that like, you know, um, uh, we can have heaven on earth and not really in a religious sense. It's just this idea of what heaven is, you know, not from this monotheistic, religious, idealistic lens, but more like how can we bring a space that nourishes and a space that people, people um, can be fully themselves. Um, and that was the vision that I had for a festival. Um, and then I, I yeah, segueing into the earlier question here, then I um, went, was invited to support on a wisdom carrier's pilgrimage across the St. Mary Michael line around the UK, mm-hmm. um, going through the Kiva. Um.
0: I've just been with a
1: lad who uh, was with you on that
0: trip. Oh, wow, never no I had way. breakfast with him in the van this morning. Oh, incredible. He's in Stroud. He lives in a van. Uh, his name's Maddie. Don't know if you remember talking to him. Maybe. Gosh, I should. Yeah. I'm sure I met Maybe a lot of people not. on that trip. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he could kind of, I was saying who I was i was on the podcast with him he's like oh, that rings a bell so similar <laughs> oh amazing well <laughs> we've must have crossed cross paths <laughs> briefly perhaps yeah i mean it was a joke were a- talking about this pilgrimage oh in, it was epic on it. yeah it was
1: epic you know sixteen, seventeen, maybe elders from different continents all over the world all holding different traditions speaking different languages you know and just united in this this journey to like you know it's a pilgrimage for for the earth right like holding these questions deeply deeply listening to the land you know there's so many moments mm. everyone's in council speaking different languages the translators and they're like we need to go this way and just, <laughs> it was just it was just so so profound and so beautiful yeah. and so deep and I hadn't really tapped into the the indigenous uh ways of being I guess until this point and uh, it was really profound we went through Glastonbury and the festival we had a space there and um, all the way down to Cornwall I actually left just before the end but it was really transformative for me and I ended up staying in my van outside that you saw on that land for the whole of the summer and helping to kind of manage the site for lots of the smaller events happening there um, and I was like, wow, this is the place for the event. This is it. Got really excited. And a lot of the gatherings there were all sober. Wide Horizons, Rise and Shine. Lots of wonderment. Smaller events that were, um, you know, carrying this energy mm-hmm. um, really beautifully of, of sobriety and connection and authenticity. Um, and, and I was actually chatting with the landowner at one point. I'd met someone else on our team, one of the other co-founders, Jenna, and another of the co-founders, Josh, Um and both at different times had actually mentioned medicine to me, um, and so the journey of medicine actually—the name came came through Ben Christie, another one of the founders. The concept kind of came through Josh and his uh, relationship with the Yawanawa indigenous community from the from the Amazon rainforest and our connection with them, and the idea of a cross cultural exchange. And uh, I was telling Josh that I wanted to do an event on the land. Um, called Nevea, and i told him a bit about it and he was like it sounds a lot like what we're doing uh there's a lot of similarities maybe there's collaboration and so yeah i kind of met and joined the team um before before the first one happened that at the start of that year no yeah the start of that year and we went through a visioning process and lots of constellation work and um, there was nine of us at the time Um a few less now people have moved a bit but um yeah it was such a beautiful vision and it was so aligned with what i wanted to do and um It was an honor to be invited, you know, being quite a lot younger than the rest of the team. Um, But this this idea of (sighs) creating a platform for these communities, these voices, this wisdom that these indigenous and and, and, um, wisdom carriers and elders of these traditions hold and bringing that to Western society and being a bridge um, between the two and also, again, being a bridge for those that haven't really stepped into this world and this work to to explore it. And at the heart of it was really to give back. You know, giving back to the natural world in this way, um, which is inevitable and somewhat indirect, but but permeating that energy through the community, but also giving back financially to these communities. And so, we're a complete non-profit. We're a community interest company, and you know, we we aim to and do give all of our profits um, to these communities. Um, and so this year is actually our first year of making some profit we've done lots of little events over the years and fundraisers that have gone that way but uh, our fourth year of a proper festival um, and we yeah we've given back a really good amount of money it's gonna be 25,000 pounds from this festival which feels really amazing it feels like we're finally there the prayer has finally landed Um, and so yeah it's a really exciting journey now of like the festival maturing and the team working together in in a, in a better way there's a lot of interpersonal dynamics and and medicine that comes through for us um and it's a it's a really exciting chapter and so yeah it's um what, what? it's a prayer really the mm. festival just to, just to f- close that um mm. it's it's kind of combining the logistics and operations and i guess format of a festival with a ceremony and a prayer We've always said that the the festival is like the exclamation mark at the end of the prayer, and it's like how do we continue that prayer throughout the year? How do we maintain that momentum, and imbue that 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 sense of interconnectedness and honouring of the earth and and um, these traditions in our life throughout the rest of the year? And so we're kind of in the the wider ecosystem conversations now about how we continue that. Mm-hmm. What's the most challenging
0: aspect of it all? Good question. There's a lot. <laughs> mm.
1: Finance is a really
0: hard thing. Sure. Festivals. Uh, people are really have a. And myself, I call I catch myself thinking, what like prices, and you really don't know how much it takes to, to to, God, put on, so, uh, an event, a six person men's event or a, you know, twenty thousand festival. It's like it's
1: really, it's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yeah. There's so many moving parts. Yeah. It's the riskiest industry in the world, arguably you know all it takes is is sure. something you're not covered for and covid if we didn't go ahead we were deciding right up to the last minute um it would have been bankruptcy you know it's incredibly risky, incredibly challenging. There is so many elements to the festival. It's incredibly multifaceted. There's so many variables and things that can go wrong. It's a really stressful piece. You know, no, hundreds bet. of people in the team, hundreds of different curators and individuals and contractors. And it's a really stressful process, actually. It's becoming less so as we find our flow with it and the team works better together. Um, but also the money piece, right? It's really hard to, you know, in our earlier years, we had to get a lot of favours around musicians and facilitators and people. and and that's hard you know um people we want to honor people right every creative every person that comes and joins is bringing something of incredible value it takes every single person to make that festival um, and so not always being able to honor them financially has been really tough and we're finally entering a chapter now of, of stepping into adolescence i guess we're not quite in maturity yet where i think we can really start giving back to everyone and our aim is to um hopefully you know and um, all the people that contribute um will be will be paid in some way and hopefully that we've finally been able to give all of our profits this last year to to these organizations and these communities and these projects and um, there'll be a bit more understanding around that and so yeah the sacrifices also personally you know financially it's been really tough for many years it's uh it's a real um it's a commitment and it's a passion project to get off the ground and it's uh, not always knowing the direction it's going to go in Mm-hmm. and finally interpersonally you know the team so much medicine within our constellation you know and it's funny that our, our kind of tagline is how can we be the medicine and we always have to come back to that in our group and be like it, there's medicine in this process and in this difficulty and um, whatever it may be and um, always remembering that we're on that inquiry and so of course at the at the heart of it or at the center of it um rather however you want to perceive that we're we're having to walk that line and um, we're we're f- confronted with these challenges for our own growth and the growth of the community and the holding and mm. you know if we're attending that sacred fire at the centre of the gathering with real care and real love and compassion and understanding, then that emanates out you know and and that's felt throughout the gathering and and we've we've experienced that you know not being right and how that's rippled out many sure. times. Mm. I imagine letting go would be something that you constantly have to
0: keep doing to mm. for the for its own growth letting go of of certain things that if you want it to grow you have to say goodbye to certain things right it's often like these things start if you're there at the beginning it's like it's a very different experience to the reason it's kept going was it was so good and it was it was it was so unifying let's say but then as the years go on it kind of it happens to there's not many uh things that it doesn't happen to um that it go grow so big that it becomes its own organism and you see this with corporations it's like who's actually at the helm or is anyone steering this or is it just like loads of things and it's it's got its own momentum I like that's our culture it's like is anyone actually like making these decisions or is it just a constant rolling out of uh, of the same thing and 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 it's like i guess um eh uh, talked about it in his book talked about like persia for example that the, it, it's actually organizes together on a belief and the the belief that everyone in that in that company has um that they, they kind of create this or manufacture this this idea that is only there because everyone believes it's it's a thing mm. does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah so so i've always thought about this kind of it being its own organism and it going its own direction i mean letting go of like I guess even the ability to make certain decisions for it's like it must be must be it must be something that you're constantly having to do yeah Mm.
1: yeah surrender you Mm. know allow it to take its own course sometimes you know your brain can't conceive of the direction that it wants to take and particularly Mm -hmm. when you've really you know it's got this, this this essence of of a prayer as well i love that it's, you know it's a, it's a prayer yeah it, 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 it's um yeah getting out of the way of yourself sometimes um is is a journey for sure um yeah and as you say it's it's tough it can be tough you know and um, when you think you know what's best for something um, but really you don't mm. and something starts to take a life of its own and and it's uh it's a gift equally it's really nice to see it thriving and having its own beating heart you know and bringing together its own community and carrying its own kind of unique resonance um but it's it's difficult it's it's really difficult and um Mm -hmm. part of the process i think with anything is like if you're willing to start something you need to be willing to to also let go of it like the eco cycle you know you can come into its full maturity but there's a there's a point that that all comes back to the compost and all the nutrients and the minerals and all the lessons and all the gifts are still there but maybe that needs to be to be birthed and transmuted into something else it's a yes. constant state of metamorphosis you know mm-hmm. and transmutation that you're on with any project and it's like not holding on to anything too tightly and letting things move effortlessly through th- through your um container mm-hmm. i guess and yeah, some people find that easier. Some people find that harder. But everyone, I think, has to go through it. And yeah. um, I think coming coming into that, we kind of, we knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think that's maybe made the process a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nature doesn't
0: hoard. Mm. It's like trying to hold on, doesn't it? Well, you might for a, for a winter, but, you know, in the spring it's gone. Um, Amazing, man. I, lo- I love this conversation. How do we wrap this up? Like, where do, actually, the first question I want the last question I want to ask you is, is going to be if someone hasn't been to medicine, like, what would your message to them be if they, if they're like they don't really know this kind of work or world or sober event? Okay, I'm interested. I'm exploring that. Like, what does that look like, and, and why should people just um, feel into it and and you know, be, what can what can generate their curiosity about it more? Like, speak to it from from that place.
1: Trust. Trust the invitation. Mm. you know of your own heart and your your soul's yearning i guess you know if there's some essence of being inquisitive or wondering you know about about the way that things are done um by these communities and and perhaps questioning the way that you're walking and is there more to it i think medicine offers such a breadth of perspectives and such a deep uh sense of inquiry You know, no one at the gathering is giving anyone any answers. We're continuing to explore these questions collectively. And I think every single person that's come has got so much from the process in their own ways. Some have found it challenging. Some it has been the most beautiful and transformative experience ever. For many people stepping out of the space where they're reliant on alcohol and drugs to have a good time. And they're given the opportunity to step into real presence and connection can be such potent medicine in itself alone um and i think hmm, i think for a lot of people it's the fear of being other you know the fear of not fitting into what someone that goes to medicine should be and it's what i hear a lot Mm -hmm. it's not quite my thing Mm. and i think trusting that there's a there's there's some universal truth in gathering in this way um and trusting that and i think that for many people it's out of their comfort zone and for many people it's it's uh it's a difficult leap to take. And many people come alone and we get so many messages from people saying, I'm coming alone, is that okay? <laughs> you know, we, we we uh cultivate experiences and, and journeys and workshops to to connect people yeah. in that way. And I just think really my message is like it can't do you any harm. You know, there's only gold when you when you venture inward. Um and I trust that medicine offers a space for you to explore that safely and freely and you are in accepted in all the ways you are and all the ways you show up and all the worldviews you have like all of that is welcome um and yeah i would really love to meet some people there from your podcast <laughs> so yeah just just trusting trusting that i heard um, you on chris's podcast yeah i came alone we'll see yeah exactly you never know you never know (laughs) yeah man
0: come alone can i come alone yes it's more than
1: okay to come alone please just come alone we actually (laughs) encourage you to come alone you know because people people are often like in their social circles, and there's an expectation of how they should be right for all of us people expect me to be a certain way therefore i play up to that and when you come to these spaces alone it can be way more transformative and and Mm -hmm. potent for you Mm -hmm. um so yeah we just invite people to come and join the collective prayer at the very least you know every person that comes along supports us to support these communities you know it's uh, direct reciprocity um and exchange and mm-hmm. yeah it really place beautiful. better than you found it yeah exactly <laughs> that man exactly that <laughs>
0: yeah man um i feel oh, i was gonna say um it's gone it happens <laughs> it happens it happens I've got your number (laughs) yeah man what would you like to leave people on what would I like to leave people on yeah where can people um learn more experience more about Mm. what you're a part of and what you're growing I think the community there's like a generational thing like it happens there's like a certain generation like people our age that are really like emerging let's say or all coming together and like connected and and seeing each other but seeing each other in a way that's like I see what you're doing it's pretty similar to what I'm about but I want to like promote that even more because I know it you know somewhat it's it's like not a competitive nature it's it's a more collaboration so whatever I do now I look to collaborate Mm. whatever workspace whether I'm building someone's van or I'm going to you know host a I like dance always it's a complete you know, a collaboration that's why i see everything and it's beautiful to come from that from that energy because it's it's more than just doing it for yourself and it's more than just putting yourself out there
1: with not getting anything back collaboration cohesion community mm. you know i think it's the way we're walking um and it's the way that things need to be and are going and it feels so much more nourishing than doing something alone mm. you know if you're saying if you want to go if you want to go fast go alone and if you want to go far go together and it's yeah. like wow it feels so true to my life right now it was so fast back in the day and now it all feels so much more cohesive and safe and centered and grounded and yeah and i guess the maybe the, the closing note which again is something that i heard that really sat true with me is like these you know what what is your big v vision you know your little v vision is is this piece that you do every day in your practice in your own personal life and what's that big v vision that serves the greater good and the collective the peace that you're being called to right from the depths of your soul and the, the the heights of your spirit you know the 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 land and the society is yearning for you know what is that big v vision and and how are you walking that path and if you're not like why what are the questions you need to be asking what are the spaces you need to enter to to deepen into that sense of inquiry and to come closer to this descent to soul of really knowing oneself um and yeah you know if you had 24 hours to live what would you be doing like would you be doing this stuff do you feel that you're in alignment with that and for many people it's like for most of the population it's not and you know many people and men particularly i think well which is why we're doing the men's work many people live lives of quiet desperation you know struggling to find their truth and yearning to and we all want to and so yeah um leave your comfort zone find these spaces find these communities that challenge you you know if there's fear there great step into that you know welcome that trembling part of yourself you know honor the magnificence of your your individualism and be so ready to bring that to the space because the world needs it you know the world needs your power it needs all of us right now and and um yeah it's uh, an invitation to step into that in every moment and for some it will be easy, and for some it won't. But um, trust, trust, surrender,
0: receive. Mm. As my friend Alex Sester would say, beautiful. Yeah, man. I was gonna say, so I remembered what. <laughs> no, <saying>. he's come <laughs> back around now. He knows. <laughs> so it was letting go of your perception of other people's mm. perception. So your fear of their judgment which you really have no one control over, but also understanding of, because it might not even exist, but we perceive someone else's judgment of us mm. and we kind of live in that box. We live mm. in that that world. Um, something David Goggins said, it's very good that we live in our boxes. We create of ourselves through other people's kind of boxes, which is like perceptions. But, you know, if you have fear of like, oh, am I someone that gets tagged in a picture at Madison Festival? Is that me? It's <laughs> like, well, yeah, just because you've you're, you're perhaps a fear and fear of like your circle that you rely so heavily on that may get judgment or, or you know, shame might come up for you that, 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 that happens because you're in, existing in a different space now and you have to answer certain questions. It's like, wow, you know, it's really worth, it's really worth stepping
1: into that. Mm. You know, fear of judgment—it's a difficult one. Mm. You know, your
0: ending was better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That's what happened. laughs> well, no, man! It's really valid and really beautiful. And thanks yeah. for bringing it, man, because it's—it's uh, it's so true. And you know, it's—it's uh, it's really difficult when you are surrounded by people that you feel that like there is judgment, and you can't be yourself around. You mm. know, it's like apparently you are the average of like the seven people you spend your most time with, or something. Mm. You know, and if those people are judging you for stepping into a space that you're called to. You have to question the people you're surrounding yourself with. Right.
0: Mm.
1: It's like stepping into truth and authenticity, Quite, you know, buzzwords, you know, and quite a commonly used phrase, but it's like, wow, it's so true. You mm. know, is this really authentic with you? Are these people that are going out and getting drunk every night, and taking all these drugs or or talking about the football or whatever it is? And maybe they are right. And maybe that is something you love, but like, is that really your truth? Like, does that really light your soul up? Does that ignite the fire deep within your belly? You know, like, do you know your destination? you know, as Confucius said, the the man with no destination, no wind is favorable. You know, do you really know where you're going? You know, and if you're going to set sail, you're going to lose sight of the shore for a while, you know, and you're going to be in uncharted territory. But, you know, the promise is that if you are, are heading in the direction that your soul sings, then you will be eternally happier. And, um, you know, I've done that myself mm. and it was scary. And now Fucking it's so beautiful. Scary. All the sensations are coming up uh, mm. to hear you talk about it.
0: Mm. But, Making the conscious choice of being outright, I'm going in this direction. And it's going to be lonely for a while, but I believe in this direction. Mm-hmm. And it's taken years. It's taken many years. And I'm, I'm on that, like, I'm literally the last year where I connected with so many people due to the podcast, but due to myself putting myself out there in, in other spaces. And it was beautiful to be like, okay, right, this is why I chose this. Because I knew it was possible. I knew it was possible to exist in 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 a community of people where like it's like they hug me when i walk through the door and they cook for food for me when i'm around and like just being in those we know when we're in it we know when we're not we know what we crave in in, in a healthy way like certain relationships and just being around other people who just see us and just yeah bring it what have you got and I'll celebrate you, and I'll, you know, I'll call you out on some bullshit, and just being in those healthy relationships is just entirely possible. And there's a lot of people in this, in this world that are for you. So I think mm. it's one of the biggest things we can do. Co- Communities of those biggest and overlooked aspects of our health mm. that we've lost touch with.
1: Our greatest teachers, man—the yeah. village. You know, mm. One of their differences and call out their bullshit. More of that. We <laughs> that need your more quote. Of that. That is Just thinking. Not well, a better world. <laughs> Take it. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Only a difference is in, in call you out because
1: mm. call you in. I say call you in. I'll call you in. Etymology, you know, words are our spells. So I okay. like that. Yeah. Beautiful. Nice man. I'm gonna give you a hug. oh thank Let's you, Chris. It, it's been a joy.
0: thanks for tuning in people some ways you can support the podcast you can share in a whatsapp group with some of your friends you can tag me on instagram repost it in one of your stories i will no doubt be sharing some reels so you can repost those on instagram or social media youtube just go over there and subscribe that will be very helpful Or you can head over and support me directly on my Patreon account. Link to that is in the description. And wherever you're at, I hope you're good. Reach out if you need to. Speak soon.